Welcome to the Imagine Momcast. This is your host, Elaine Kohanowitz, and you've come to the right place if you're a mom looking for real talk, real help, and real fun. Today, I wanted to touch base on a subject that's really been um, important to me lately, which is getting out of your head. And the thing that really got me thinking about this in a way that's been really freeing for me was a study by Jenny Allen actually called Get Out of Your Head. And I hope that you can pick it up. Um, There's a study guide, there's a book, there's videos. Um, It's all really short and totally um, something that you could consume in a short amount of time. I know you've got a lot of busy moms out there, but um, this really just touches on trying to get a hold of your thoughts and trying to make changes in your thought life and in your emotions. And just so many times, you know, we get dragged down by these stories that we tell ourselves in our head or these emotions that just overtake us and we dwell on them and we get so trapped by them. And I thought, you know, since it's 20, um, almost 2021, it'll be 2021 in a couple days here. This would be a really great subject to start the year out with so that hopefully it will help empower you to know that um, that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. So I just wanted to share a little bit with you all um, some experiences that, that I've had that hopefully maybe you can relate to something um, and give you some context as to why this, uh, the study and what, um, she has to say is really helpful and poignant, you know, for different times of our, of our lives when we're, you know, kind of struggling. In fact, uh, just the other day, so as I was saying, it's nearly 2021. So, uh, we just had Christmas Eve a few days ago and unfortunately, it wasn't the best day. It started out really good. I was just laying in bed with my husband and we were just enjoying, you know, kind of like the day off and a quiet morning together and snuggling together. And and then he got to talking about something um, about our business. And man, it just triggered me. And I just, I was just so just upset about what he was saying and he was didn't say anything mean you know it definitely wasn't anything like like directed towards me or anything I mean actually it was about taxes which you would think (laughs) wouldn't be that big a deal but it triggered me because it it had to do with you know how we spend our money and some of our life goals and like indirectly kind of had to do with some of those things and it just it it triggered like some past emotional, I guess, baggage that I carried around and tried to get rid of. And, you know, every once in a while, it just rears its ugly head. And so I was just, I just didn't want to have anything to do with him after that. And he tried to, you know, find out what was going on with me. And I just didn't even know how to talk to him about it. I mean, A, I was just like, so angry and just like, really in my own head, you know, like I, I don't know if you've ever heard this idea, but oftentimes we like create stories in our mind about what's really what's going on, which isn't necessarily what's really going on. But, you know, we we think to ourselves, oh, that person meant blah, 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 or 
this situation is going to go south and this is what's going to happen. And we just, you know, get in our own head and we just create this like reality that to us is so real. And that's what was happening. And to me, I just didn't even know how to handle it. And I didn't know how to tell him about it because I was just, you know, in my own head and I was angry. And also I felt like if I talked to him about it, I might say something I regretted or he wouldn't understand and then he would still be up, you know, then he would feel upset because of the way I explained it. And so I just kind of cut him off. Well, after that, then he was in a bad mood because he didn't know what was wrong with me and then he knew but that I was mad at him. So then later on, we had some drama with the kids because he was in a bad mood. And then it just escalated. And let's just say that Christmas Eve wasn't that great. <laughs> and I really feel like like in the end it was really my fault because I just I kind of started this train, this like this um, you know, reaction where I got upset, I made him upset, then he made, you know, some of the kids upset, and then I, I really did try hard to bring it back around Christmas Eve and try to get everyone to just, you know, be kind and forgive each other. And I think that that my husband and I were, were you know, definitely wanting to do that. But, you know, some of the kids weren't so much and it just didn't go very well. And it, and it was just sad, you know, because and I'm not saying it was totally my fault because we all have to make choices about, you know, forgiveness and that kind of thing and just saying we're sorry. But at the same time, like, you know, my inability to get control of my emotions and to handle the situation had a bad effect, you know, down the line. And it 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 was it wasn't good. And. I regret it, you know, but I guess I'm just trying to tell you all this because I want you to know that this is really for me. I'm telling you this because I sincerely want, (laughs) it just makes me kind of emotional because I'm dealing with this and I know that other people deal with it too, you know, where you just feel like you're a slave to your emotions and you can't get control of it. And you're a slave to like a certain way of thinking. And I want to be free and I want you guys to be free too. So I wanted to, you know, share some of these truths that I've learned so that we can grow together. I think one of the things that's really um, made it harder for me too, or a couple of the things that's made it harder for me, because I mean, anybody who knows me, I'm I'm generally a half glass full kind of person. So um, I'm, you know, usually not like super down and, and I try to stay busy and, and I'm, I love being with people and that makes me happy. And I so I try to, you know, just stay, you know, involved and that usually keeps me on pretty solid footing. But a couple of things have been really working against me this year and last year. And that, first of all, is I think pre-menopause because I know I have hot flashes at night and other moodiness that's like seems to be you know not the normal just moodiness that you have with your period and so I do feel like that is working against me because you know when when you feel moody and your hormones are kind of out of whack it is definitely harder to get back into just your not not even a joyful state but even just your like 
normal, even keeled state. (laughs) I mean, like there's some days where I just feel really depressed and, you know, just feel like everything's bad. And so, you know, when you've got that working against you, it definitely doesn't help. And I'm, I'm trying to work on, you know, some possible things that could help with that. But in addition to that, um, like a year and a half ago, um, I switched from homeschooling to having all the kids in school and I was working every day. Um, and I homeschooled for about 15 years and I was at home with my kids for 20. So it was a huge, huge switch for me. And I know some people, uh, I know I, I mentioned it to, to one of my coworkers, you know, kind of that I made that transition and, and she was like, oh, gosh, you must have been so happy to, you know, finally go back to work. And I was like, no, <laughs> I really wasn't. Because I, by personality, I'm I'm kind of like a teacher, coach type personality. So I really enjoyed homeschooling my kids. I mean, I didn't enjoy it all the time. There was definitely times where I had the, the public school daydream where I was thinking, well, let's see, if I got them enrolled this afternoon, they could start tomorrow morning. <laughs> So, I mean, it definitely wasn't all, you know, roses and rainbows all the time, for sure. But I did enjoy being at home with my kids for the most part. It just was a different season and a different, you know, we needed to make this transition. And it was fine. I mean, it was the right thing to do. It just was really hard on me because I think my identity was so wrapped up in being a a stay-at-home mom and being a homeschooling mom. I also helped lead a co-op. I actually started the co-op with a friend, good friend of mine. So I was, you know, it was kind of my baby. And so I was really emotionally involved with that as well. And just, and it was just something I really enjoyed. And I, I definitely felt like I needed to wind that down personally. I mean, the co-op's still going and it's doing really good, which is great. But I needed to step away from it because it was just, like I said, a new season. And so just all those changes were really hard for me. And I, I I, I'm, I have to admit that, you know, feeling kind of like you've, you've lost your purpose in a way definitely led to a lot of self-pity. <laughs> and I mean, you know, to my credit, obviously we all have to grieve some as well. So that that's normal. And that's, you know, totally okay. But unfortunately for me, it just really also led, you know, to where the grieving kind of turned into, like I said, self-pity. And I think those, that's a mental trap that I really nursed a lot, like too much. And so it's been hard for me to, to, to kind of break out of that because then when something goes wrong that I'm just don't know how to deal with or I'm unhappy about, I tend to, to turn you know that that self-pity mode back on and so it's something that I'm, I'm having to try to reverse and so um, I know we all have different habits and I hope that maybe one of yours is self-pity but it could be something else I'm going to go over them today but um, I just hope that you know this helps all of us to to do something new and and realize that that we can have freedom and we don't have to be stuck so I've really been camping in this area of trying to um, take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ, as 2 Corinthians 10.5. And I know I was listening to a sermon from a church called Life Church in Australia, and he was talking about 
you know, not being slave to our emotions, that we don't have to be slave to our emotions, that we have freedom in Christ. And, you know, obviously, like taking captive those thoughts, it, it takes more than just the will to do it. It takes the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, and in the book, Get Out of Your Head by Jenny Allen, you know, she gives some really practical tips on how to short circuit these, what she calls spirals, when we start to get, you know, into our own head and we start, you know, creating these stories that are really unhealthy and, you know, what triggers it and how we can like short circuit it. So I'm going to go over that in a minute, but I just wanted to uh, touch on one, a couple things real quick. And one is that I don't know if if you've listened to uh, our previous my previous podcast with my friend Mary, but one of the things she talked about that was really just so powerful to me was the idea of pride. Um, I saw this as well on um, another pastor I was watching on YouTube, and they both kind of said similar things, which is that pride isn't only just thinking too highly of yourself. It's really just thinking about yourself too much. And, oh, man, I'm so guilty of that. I know probably most of us are. So, I mean, when you stop and think about how many times the word I comes up in your thoughts, I feel like this, I want to do this, I don't want to do this, I like this, I don't like this. You know, if you stop and just really, like, key in on that in your thought life, I think you'll be surprised at, like, just how much we think about ourselves. I know that I do it all the time. And that is pride. I mean, Mary actually, in the interview I did with her, I hope you listen to that if you get a chance, but she talks about navel gazing. And I just thought that was so hilarious and so spot on. But just like, we're trying to heal ourselves by like looking at ourselves more. (laughs) And, you know, there, there's something to be said for, you know, taking the time to get healing. Don't get me wrong. But like, if you're wanting to short circuit, you know, some of these spiraling thoughts, you definitely got to get out of your own head and get focused on God and others. And that's really, you know, one of the main keys. And Jenny Allen in the book, she, she does, uh, especially in the study guide, she does um, really help us refocus on to many of these things, such as humility, uh, silent meditation on Christ, gratefulness, uh, just delight in the things around you, uh, forgiveness of others, and some other ones as well. But those things that, that just make you stop thinking about yourself and start focusing on Christ and on helping others. And in addition to those key elements, the thing that I really, really love about this study is these charts she has and they're these little spiral charts and I've just never seen anything I've never like heard it put quite like this before in such a way that's just like it's something you could you could look at and you could just uh like it it could remind you in a quick moment of how to short circuit that spiral and get out of you know a bad spiral and into a good one and so I'm just going to go over these spiral charts with you and I'm hoping to uh, have these made up so that you can print them out you you can get the book and you could just either tear them out of the book or um, maybe copy them 
but I wanted to make them a little bit more um, printer friendly. But this is just my version and it's, you know, straight from her book, Get Out of Your Head. So um, I just want you to know, you know, where they're from and that'll be noted on them so that you know that they're from her book. And I hope that, you know, if you get a chance, you can pick it up. Um, so I'm just going to go over these real quick. I'm going to start by um, going over just what these spirals are kind of about. <clears throat> she has like kind of a, a general one and I'm going to just go over that so you can kind of see what, what it, you know, what she's trying to get across. And then I'll just really quickly um, go over, you know, each emotion um, just real quickly and, and then you can get, you know, more detailed if in you forget the book or, or download the charts. But, um, first, so, so the main thing about the charts is that they, there's two sides. So the one on the left is the side of uh, the downward emotional spiral. And then on the right is the upward emotional spiral. So, but any kind of spiral, like any kind of, um, thought, that you have actually doesn't start with a thought. It really gets more triggered by an emotion um, because an emotion is is it's almost primal. You know, like you, it's almost like your your brain is working already before your brain is really telling you what's going on. Does that make sense? <laughs> so, like you know, you get this shot of emotion. And it could be, um, and she shows in this, you know, general chart, the emotion could be fear of a real threat or it could be fear of a perceived threat. Um, it could be either one of those, but the emotion hits and then it goes to a thought. That thought turns into a behavior. The behavior then affects your relationships. And then there's like a general consequence in your own life because of what's happened. So if you're on the downward spiral, you get this fear of a real or perceived threat. And then your first thought is basically, I can't trust God to take care of what's going on, or I can't trust him to take care of my future. And then your behavior is that you're resistant to God's authority. Then your relationships become controlling and manipulative or even break apart. And the consequence is that you have constant anxiety. And I would say even if, you know, it's not like specifically anxiety, it's really just like a constant, you know, it could be discontent or, or unhappiness because of this downward spiral that's it's taken you because basically you're, you're just trusting yourself, right? You're not trusting God. So generally speaking, that's really the crux of it is that you're looking towards yourself and unfortunately we tend to be our own worst enemy and so we just spiral down even more until, you know, the consequence is, is sometimes even a long-term, you know, issue in our lives. Whereas the opposite, the good spiral is that we have, you know, of course, we still have the same emotion. It's still a fear of a real or perceived threat. But the difference in when you spiral upwards instead of downwards is that you choose to surrender to God. Basically, you choose to trust him, right? That's kind of like 
the interjection point at which instead of looking to your, to yourself, you're looking to God. And so you spiral upward. Your thought becomes God is in control of every day of my life. Your behavior becomes submitted to God's authority. Your relationships are present and open. And the consequence is that you're unafraid or you're joyful or you're at peace or, you know, you feel secure, all those things, all those really good things. So, you know, each of the chart kind of goes into detail depending on the kind of emotion that that you're dealing with at that moment. Um, and I'm not going to go into, you know, every little detail, but I'm just going to go over a couple of these um, because one of the things I like is that, you know, in addition to like showing you the consequences of the spiral, it, there's there's like an arrow inside the upward spiral that gives you, I feel like it's something to just really hold on to in that moment when you're attacked by an emotion. And I'll give you an example. Okay, so like this emotion is anger. So when you get angry, one of the, the thing that you can do, the arrow that she has in the chart is saying, I choose to serve God over myself and others. So like when that, that emotion of anger hits you, if you can grab hold of this one thought, because you know, you, when you're emotional, like you, you're not thinking straight most of the time, where it's very difficult, you know, to get a hold of like rational thought because your emotion is taking over. So if you can just grab hold of this one quick thought, I choose to serve God over, I choose to serve God other and others over myself. So this happened to me today, actually. I got really angry, and I just flipped. Like, I mean, I didn't, like, go crazy, but I just, I got triggered by something, and I I had to literally walk out of the room. In fact, I was actually at the office, and I got my coat, and I, I walked out in the freezing cold, but I just had to get away for a minute because I just was... I honestly don't even know if I know exactly why it bothered me so much, which I think is what's so hard about emotions is that so many times, like, I don't know, some people, maybe they're better and more self-aware than I am, but I definitely feel like for myself, like so many times I do get triggered by something and I really don't know right away why, you know, and it takes sometimes a while to figure it out. And so I was telling myself, like, okay, what could I do to choose to serve this other person instead of just myself? What could I do to make this a win-win situation? What can I do to calm down and try to figure out a way to make this better and to just get a hold of my emotions and not let this overtake me? And it really helped. It really helped a lot. It didn't it didn't make me like instantly, you know, happy at all. In fact, I kind of struggled a lot, you know, the rest of the day, I mean, on and off, but it definitely helped me calm down, definitely helped me really reach out to try to think more about the other person and about God and not, you know, to, to build a wall or to just think about, you know, my, my, the, the, the old story that, you know, was going through my head. So that, that's one of the things I really like. I'll give you one more so you can really 
hopefully get the idea of it. Okay, so here's the emotion of hurt. Okay, so she shows the spirals of what happens, you know, when you go on a downward spiral, when you start with hurt, or when you go in an upward spiral, when you start with hurt. So the hurt, I mean, that doesn't change. The emotion doesn't change. I mean, we can't really control that, but we can control what we do with the emotion. And she's saying here that the the arrow to your heart, the thing that can really help you when you get hurt is to, to remember, I choose delight. So instead of, you know, choosing, you know, to not trust people, to, to you know, get in your own head, to set up those walls, instead to choose delight, to choose to see the good in a situation to choose to see what God could potentially do. And so then your thought becomes God is trustworthy and will in the end work all things out. And so I love these just little, you know, like I said, arrows that, that kind of like help you grab hold of something right when that emotion overtakes you. And so I hope that you um, will go to um, my website. I'm actually am for sure going to have these for you to download. And um, I will give you the, the link to those um, in the description. And I hope that you um, are able to go out and get the book or the study guide and that you can camp in this and really help you not to be overcome or a slave to your emotions, but to be able to transform those thoughts into something that is beautiful and something that, that is can stand the test of, you know, being daunted by some of these really difficult spirals that we get into. So I hope that helps you. so glad you listened today. I hope you enjoyed it. Please subscribe and share an episode with a friend. On Facebook, Instagram, and the web, you can find us at Imagine Mom. Thanks for listening.